Alrighty. We often uh, approach the Bible, I think, sometimes with a limited view. Um, what I mean by that is um, we, we approach it with one of two perspectives in mind, primarily. Uh, the, the first perspective is we approach it from theology, of course. That's, it's a, it is a book of theology. There's a lot of theology in it. By theology... Uh, it's a big word that, that simply means all the, all the facts, right? All, all the stuff about God or uh, the, the, uh, the uh, heavy doctrine, the, the teachings about what this is and what that is and, and, and the nature of man and the nature of salvation and, and all these things. And there's, there's a ton of that in there. Um, the second thing that we, we look at when we look at um, the Bible um, I'm a little high, so you guys need to turn me down because I'm hearing myself twice. All right, and that's really disconcerting. Uh, I, I can only concentrate on one thing at once. I can't, not two. The next thing that we look at uh, when, we, when we look at the scriptures is we look at the moral things. Right? We, we look at what you can and can't do. And that, that we spend a lot of time talking about what I can and can't do. And, uh, and we focus on, on these two aspects, I think, primarily is how we look at it. And maybe that's fair. Maybe, maybe that's the majority of what's in the Bible. Uh, the third thing that I think is in here uh, that, that we sometimes don't look at is simply the practical stuff that, that God has for us. There are a lot of things in here that are practical advice. They might eventually lead to moral principles. They might eventually lead to doctrinal issues. But there are some just very practical things of the book of Proverbs. Now, if you confuse these, sometimes you can come out with with strange things. But there's just advice where where people say, you know, God made us. And and we work a particular way. And, and if we violate some some basic things, it's not like you're going to hell if you do this, but I'm just telling you, life is going to work better if you do this particular thing. Now, some of those get into moral issues, like I say. So there's some, there's some practical stuff that is moral. There's some practical stuff that's theological. But there's, uh, so, someone tried to uh, tell me one time that it was a sin to take out uh, loans and, and cosign for loans because Proverbs talks about don't become usury for another person. That's just... Solomon telling you as a, as a smart person, don't co-sign for loans. It's a dumb idea. You're not going to hell if you do it. You're just out, possibly out a lot of money. Right? So, so we, can, we can confuse the practical side of things and, and, the, and, and get into doctrinal things or, or get into moral issues where, the, where they're not necessarily supposed to be Mingled. Paul said this. In fact, Paul, Paul in, in 1 Corinthians one time, he said, I do not, he's like, big red neon flashing sign. I do have no commandment from God about what I'm going to tell you, just my think-sos. In light of persecution that you're going to feel, it would be better if you weren't married. Just saying. <laughs> and, he, 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 and people will say, no, you shouldn't get married. Wait a minute, no, Paul said... My opinion, right? just good, sound advice in that particular situation. And then he said right after that, you haven't sinned if you do it. Just letting you know. <laughs> and people still, and, and go straight from practical advice into theology or doctrine. What are you doing? You're violating what Paul said. And so, so the next 
two weeks, we're going to look at some things that fall into this latter category. I think we can look at uh, that they can cross over into spiritual issues eventually. They can cross over into, uh, well, you're kind of out of bounds now, right? We've been talking about things that steal our joy. And I, and I want to look at some, some topics that have to do with just some practical advice and that do eventually, if, if we left uh, un, uncorrected, we'll get into uh, moral issues. But uh, this week is open season. What that means is, as of Thursday, you can officially put up Christmas decorations and no one can argue with you. <laughs> Right? You're going to get some arguments if you do it. Like these radio stations, like, hey, you're starting after Halloween. I don't know about that. Right? But, but as of Thursday, it's open season. And there are different, um, different seasons for different people. Some, some people want to start right away. Some people, like the week before, I don't want the pine needles all over the place. There are different seasons for when you take it down, too. Uh, we lived in, uh, when we lived in Ukraine, at New Year's Day, bam, trees, gone, back to normal. Hey, some people, it's like, that, that thing's like ready to start a house on fire, it's so dry, by the time it's gone, that may have a time or two been me. Uh, and that's more an operation of laziness than, uh, than anything else. But I want to uh, look at uh, a season that opens up our season opens up because we're ready to turn the page and we're ready to start thinking happy thoughts, you know, for our, for our end of the year. And, and so we were like, I'm ready to move on. Uh, and and let's, let's open season on, on Christmas stuff. And, and, uh, and Hobby Lobby season starts in June. Uh, so so <laughs> everybody has different seasons for this, but, but you're okay now. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 13, beginning. Let's back up verse 12. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his, his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Talk about complaints. Some of you say, do all things without complaining. I like murmuring. I want to talk about murmuring. There's really two types of murmurings. If you have kids, you know both kinds of murmurings. So, so there's the first kind of murmuring, uh, and that's the passive-aggressive one. Uh, the passive-aggressive one is uh, when you want to get the last word, but you don't want them to know you're getting the last word, so it's kind of murmuring. It's under your breath. 
Uh, that, that's the one. And then there's the just the obnoxious one where you want it to sound like you're murmuring, but you definitely want them to know what you just said. Right? And that's a little louder. So it sounds like you're going downstairs. And that's murmuring. Or up the stairs. We have it downstairs. And whatever the underlying issue is, right? neither one of these is going to solve anything. That's the, that's the thing. The passive-aggressive one and the obnoxious one are not going to solve whatever issue underlies the, the source of the murmuring. Whatever the issue between people, that's murmuring. And I want to look at disputing a little bit. Uh, we're going to come back around and, and, and explore some of this a little bit more deep. I just want to kind of get a, an idea of what we are talking about. Um, so disputing, a lot of times I think we think of this word with regards to how it manifests itself. Right? When, when we think of disputes, we think of a range of things, arguments, debates, all out. You know, and kids' disputes tend to be all out war. Right? It, it, it just ranges. There's, there's, some, some are more just debating. But disputes, that's the manifestation of it. And, and I think a lot of times that's how we, we think of it, what it looks like. Stop fighting. But a dispute is much deeper than that. A dispute, the essence of a dispute, is what I really want to talk about more than how it looks. Because by the time it looks like something, you, you've gone down the road. Right? It's kind of like, it's, it's like the, the murmuring. By the time we get to the passive-aggressive or the obnoxious, something's already happened. And that's where I think the heart of some of this is, the, the, the heart of the complaint, has to do with differences. The dispute is over something. Who has something? Whose side of something? Who touched somebody? And, and all the things that we can dispute over, they're, they're over differences. Differences of opinion. Differences of who thinks somebody should do this and I should get more or less of this. And we have differences. And once we get the differences, then depending on the difference, and depending on how strongly the difference is felt, we're going to have the different type of manifestations. We, we just might have a different idea, and so we're going to debate about it. But the more passionate that we are about this difference, the more passionate the manifestation is going to look like, and it's going to get really violent, maybe. Differences. And all these lead into complaints. What is my complaint? I have a complaint. So... I'm not saying that there's never time for this, by the way. There are times. Right? Paul withstood Peter to his face. He had a dispute. And it had to be solved. Because it was producing hypocrisy. So sometimes these, these practical things get into, uh, into spiritual things. That's why I don't think that, that the Bible is trying to identify these as sin intrinsically. They can get there. 
But I, I think when, when Paul says, listen, just don't, try not to do this, try to avoid this behavior, it's because it tends to go the wrong direction. We, we find that these are a crutch which seldom leads to solving the underlying issue. Right? We turn to arguments almost immediately. But no one, no one was ever somewhere and and then this person and the other person's like, you know what, you're right. But, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Can you get me back? <laughs> we don't do that. Arguments don't solve problems. I'll get me there. <coughs> so we want to look at how to accomplish the task here. The essence of dispute, the word dialogos is the word conversation. That's the word dispute. But most dialogues are a back and forth, in which we're not really going back and forth. We're kind of saying my piece, and then when the other person is formulating their argument or, or, or arguing back, we're formulating our next argument, and we're not really listening, right? It's not really a, a good dialogue. But we have these arguments because we have different opinions, as we said. So we want to look at how to accomplish this requirement without resorting. We have a difference of opinion. I, I can't not have difference of opinion. We are human beings. We think about things differently. That's the way it is. So, so we want to try to accomplish the directive w without getting into what Paul says, avoid these things. Okay, we want to be unified. Right? So how do we accomplish this? Well, we have to figure out, first of all, what the audience is. The, with other people, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, he says, Rather speak the truth in love. We are able to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped with. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so we just have a single word here to accomplish this, to, to avoid the murmuring and the disputing. Still having the, the, the differences of opinion that we have, we grow up in love. Because when we have love, we're going to start to be able to work out why and where my opinions come from. And, and maybe mine is right or maybe mine is wrong. But, but we're going to work together to try to accomplish a unified uh, group. And so it begins with monitoring my attitudes. It's really where it is. We can reach a result where our opinions are still different. And we can be content with that. Sometimes we think that that's not a, a possibility. We can't do that. We've got to agree. And so we beat our heads against the wall and we get more and more frustrated because we think that this only possible outcome is for us to agree when it's over. 
And sometimes that's just simply not going to happen. So, so maybe I need to not just have love, but, but maybe it's a, a goal. Okay, I have this goal. I want us to agree, but I have to understand that there's a possibility that that's not going to happen. No, I, I'm not going to be content with that if, if it, it's getting into moral issues. If we're getting into doctrine, I'm not just, well, you have your opinion about God and I have mine. But, but in a sense, if, if a person is bound and determined to have the wrong idea about God, what can I do about it? I, I can't scream and yell at them. That's not going to make them come to my side. So we get back to love one way or the other. But <clears throat> there's another important, another important um, aspect of disputes that I think we should look at. And I want to turn to Psalms chapter 142. We're going to read the whole thing. It's just barely too large to fit on here. So, Psalm 142. Cry out to the Lord with my voice, with my voice to the Lord, and make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him, and I declare before him all my trouble. For when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way in which I walk. I, they have secretly set a snare for me. Look at my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Pay attention to my cry, for I have been brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. And so we have this idea of complaining to God. Yeah, did you know that was in there? What? He said, do all things without murmuring, disputing. And then here's David, I make my complaint to you. So I want to look at that because it's in there. It's important for us to know maybe how, how to do that correctly with reverence. Do you see the tone of voice that David, David has a difference of opinion? It is okay for us to have a difference of opinion with God, provided two things. One, we do it reverently. Two, that we know we're wrong. <laughs> okay? Once you establish those two facts, you can say, God, I feel like I'm being targeted here. I know that my perception of reality is not accurate. I just wanted to let you know what it feels like. Okay, we're good. I'll take that under advisement and do what I was going to do anyway. So long as we have that, so long as we approach God with reverence, God does not mind us sharing our perception of reality. 
God is not punishing David for this. God didn't like, we better strike that from the record. Can't have people going, ah, eliminate Psalm 142. Bad song, bad song. But it has to be with reverence. Sometimes God listened. I was like, okay. All right. You know what? Just because I'm a nice guy. You don't deserve it. I'm going to lighten it for you. Hezekiah. Got 15 extra years of life. What do you know? Now, was God right? Yeah. In that period of time, Hezekiah became the, the, the father of the worst king ever in the history of, of, of Israel. Okay, maybe God was right. You want it. I was right. So, understand that when God has an idea, he's right. I want to look at the end result of this, though. Jude, I never know whether I should say Jude chapter 1 or just Jude 4. It's, it's kind of confusing. It was, they never taught me that in, in Bible college. It was also about these that, about this time, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and convict the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way. A lot of ungodly things happening. <laughs> all these harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are grumblers, complainers, following their own sinful desires. They speak great swelling words, showing favoritism to gain advantage. I want to break this down just, just a bit. Uh, first of all, we have the same phrase, a little bit different. Isn't it interesting? Enoch, seven generations into humanity, Enoch basically realized that some people are full of hot air. <laughs> same idiom. They speak great swelling words, and there's nothing to it. Humanity hasn't changed that much, have we? And that's the reality. The reality is so much of complaints and all this really is founded on nothing. And when we have arguments over things, you ever bet in an argument and you're, you're like, you're ready to pull people's hair and poke their eyes out. And, I mean, you're just really into this debate and you realize that you're not really arguing over anything. You kind of have the same opinion. You ever been in one of those? Like, you just don't like the way... The word that they use to summarize this. Like, it's an argument over words. It, it, I would define it this way. And really, underneath, a lot of times we really agree, kind of. We're not really so different. Or maybe it's like a technicality. We, we focus on these technicalities of great swelling words over, over not much difference, really. No substantial difference. And we get passionate about these differences. And it leads to ungodliness. Eventually, eventually it does touch beyond practical. It touches morality. 
It touches disunity. But <clears throat> I want to look at the description of this. It says they're grumblers and complainers. Do you notice the shift? There's the slight difference between what Paul wrote and what Jude writes. When Paul writes, he says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. He describes an action. And what we have here is an identity. That a person has become so known for something that that's who they are. Like, here they come. You know people that are just known for a thing. And maybe this, or maybe something completely different. But, but they are known. You're like, they're not going to like this. We develop a reputation. Don't develop that reputation. We're, we're Christians. We can't have the... God can't have the reputation that the people called by His name are constantly disputing and, and upset about things and the way things are and never satisfied with the way things are. That's not our identity. That's not what it should be. It should not be what we're known for. Because that eventually affects His reputation and now we get to doctrine. Eventually it does touch stuff, doesn't it? As a different translation. And I like it. I like it a little bit better. He says, these are grumblers and malcontents. Because this doesn't just go to the action, but it speaks of the, the substance of the action. What's underneath the complaining? What we talked about, the differences, right? And the substance of complaining is not being content with God, with what He's done, with other people, with their differences, and they're just not like me, and they're obviously wrong. Whatever it is, I'm not content. These are grumblers and malcontents. And here's the problem with identity. Uh, as we get to the theft of joy, eventually God sees you that way. And that's the worst reputation to develop. Notice what Jude is, Jude is saying here. He's saying these are malcontents. He's not just describing what other people think of you. He's describing what God thinks of me. God thinks of me as a malcontent. I don't want that reputation with God. He's just identified. This is officially what they are. Jude, through the Holy Spirit, is describing what God thinks of these people. That's dangerous territory to be in. Pay attention to people who say, my only complaint is, because they never have one complaint. You'll know that. They never have one complaint. They are known for lots of complaints. People only have one complaint will just tell you and that's that. But if you have to preface it, 
So my weekly sermons, I think, have been fairly predictable for the last, I don't know, maybe I need to switch it up. I usually end something, picture, and, and, uh, and I will. And I'll say something like my challenge this week, right? It's a little predictable. But I don't, I, I'm not going to give you a challenge this week. I'm going to give you a challenge one day this week. All right? One day this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't care what you do. Grumble and complain. All you want. We have a day of this week which is dedicated to thanksgiving. Think of that. Give thanks. That's kind of a weird statement if you think about it. That's a weird phrase. Give thanks. We're used to thanking people for something, but to give thanks. Here's thanks. That's weird. So one day this week, see if you can do this one day. It's going to be hard. That's why I'm only limiting this challenge to one day this week. To begin with a small goal. Try to get through one day. I'm going to describe this. I'm going to give you a little bit specific. Just so you can see how hard this is. A small goal. Right? Uh, on a day which we commemorate survival of a famine, can we not argue about what's better, mashed potatoes or stuffing? I like that that's an argument. That'll, people will spend 15 minutes on that. I know it's silly. Like try, to, try not to argue. Try not to complain about burnt marshmallows on the yams. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> can, we, can we get through one day without a complaint? No, I can't. It's hard. This is going to be hard. One day. On a day which is set aside for the purpose of not complaining and grumbling. Can we do that? You see how easily our mind is drawn to differences? How quickly we think of the differences between us. Like That's where our conversation goes. Boom. Oh, Thursday afternoon, we're going to sit down and watch football. Not me, but you can. And it's going to be differences. Oh, I can't believe the ref did that. Blah. And it's going to be complaining. Differences and complaints and murmuring. For one day, filter out the noise. For one day. This means you will have to avoid certain topics. For one day, don't talk about masks and vaccines. Can you do it one day? They don't care what you think about them. Just one day. We're not talking about that. Try not to use the word mandate. One day. (laughs) Supreme Court, right out.
Make it a challenge. Now, there are people you're going to be around that aren't here today, so you're going to have to let them know that you're trying to do this. <laughs> I believe this attempt, and I'm, I, I, it's a little silly, but I'm, I'm kind of serious at the same time. Try it. One day, try it. And, and see if, depending on your proximity to success, if it's not a little addicting, if you don't end the day and go, oh, that was different. That was nice. Like I didn't get one fight. Just end disputes. I think it will be addicting. <laughs>